Thank you, thank you. I don't think we need a recap. We'll just reset the scene. Hester, now missing a left arm, stands meteorite hammer in his right, acid blood dripping from the shoulder. Safel, not too far back from him, orbs of his staff now circling him. And then up in the, the vanguard here, we have Scylla and Artemis, parallel of each other, facing the throne, both a little singed, a little burned, but weapons ready. And then we see the Pudding King looming over the back of his throne, Dorbo Diggermatix in one of his large hands, and he has poised the question. Will you save one life, or will you condemn hundreds? You heroes, what does it matter to you? And so he looks very poignantly, as much as you can tell with his now 20 or so eyes that scatter around his body. What will it be? I imagine you, Starcaller, do not care for a single life as they are all but pawns to you. Mm. You, Triton, what could you possibly have for this one life? Will you risk all for him? Hope that you may end me before the numerous oozes in my command. Consume the townspeople. Rat. You do not care for him. He is amongst those that slaughtered your people. And though you might be disgusted at what you are, can you move past? Someone who may have extended you kindness for all that this one is worth. And he's looking back at Dorbo now. And you, the one touched by another lord, he is nothing to you. But will you try to save him? What do you say, Torbo? Your family and yourself are to blame for the consequences that have brought us here today. My family murdered by your kin, all so that you may have a place here in the deep. You thought it all for me for too long. Took all from me, cast me into the shadows, treated me like filth, and look now where the filth stands. Above you. And he like starts whipping his hand back and forth. You can see Dorbo in this slime like cocoon, his face just being whipped about as he flails his body. And then you just see him like smash. Dorbo against the throne and he's not dead but you can see he's like hurt and you can hear like a snap a loud snap somewhere and Dorbo's like Aah! 
Him the masses decide. That's the Pudding King's perk. Stifel, you're up currently. You're not wrong. I don't care about this man. I don't care about being a hero either. You misunderstand the oozes are not the problem. Saving the masses is not the problem. You are. There will always be more people to save. But getting rid of you is a good start. He's gonna launch two more meteors at him. Okay. Is anybody else, I'm curious though, as he's about to throw these stars, say anything? Free reign here to say. I, I feel like Artemis, like when he was first, like when the pudding, he was first like hefting Dorbo and like one of the masses, he was like about to like step up and try to say something heroic. And then the pudding king said what was in his heart was that he doesn't care for one. And he, he he falters there because as much as he wants to say something different, um, yeah, the Pony King kind of uh, kind of called that shot pretty <laughs> perfect. Okay, Scylla, anything um, past your lips? I think Scylla's distracted that um, he said Cephal was touched by another lord. And uh, we've been calling all these creatures like demon princes and demon lords. And she doesn't trust Cephal. And now suddenly Cephal wants to kill the Pudding King. Even if it might mean the destruction of this town. I think she's, uh, and by I think I mean I. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Uh, well, Sam, as it, like player to player, mm-hmm. can I challenge you on that? Yeah. Because our goal was never Blignanstone. What like Blignanstone no. was a mean to a means to an end to the overall goal of getting rid of the demon princes. That that's what right. we came here to do was a mass force and a mass help. So. The, the trust thing's valid, I, I can't fight you there, but Cephel is actually sticking to goal. I guess it, I... Sticking to the goal of amassing power in order to fight the demon lords that you're now bound to. That you don't know the particulars of, sure. Right. Which is valid. <laughs> what, but well? Scylla. But Scylla. What's yeah, Scylla I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Here to player. I love it. Scylla. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Uh, I'm struggling. Um. If she says nothing, she says nothing. I just, I'm just curious. I, I don't think it's, uh, it's not enough time for her to like make any kind of decision in like whatever because. He says all of this, and then Cephel's not wrong. Like, the Pudding King has to go. It's just like, 
who's incredibly decisive for someone who she doesn't trust. And so I think she says nothing um, because it's it's like there's too much happening and too much rage. <laughs> but sure. Okay. But very, she's suspicious on how decisive. Yeah. So are you saying that Scylla is once again suspicious of Safel making a major decision? Hester, what's going through Hester's mind? Hester is um, actually sort of immobilized because he... The first thought that goes through his mind is actually very similar to what Safel says, and that scares him. That for a second, he would think about sacrificing all of Bladenstone right now. To putting an end to the Pudding King. He's almost... He's consumed by the anger that he's been fighting with so far. Of all that the Pudding King has done to Blignanstone. Uh, there's a level where he thinks the Pudding King is bullshitting and saying what he needs to say to not die. Exactly, yeah. Um, sure. And... I mean, sort sort of the a similar logic pathing where it's like, yeah, we could run and we could go try to save all of Bligdenstone again. We don't know how well we're gonna succeed, but if the Pudding King gets away now, he comes back and he does this again at full power again, and we don't have a whole city to help us. So it's there is a there is a hopeful part of Hester that is a this guy's buff bluffing. Or B, Blingenstone has come back once. But if we don't end this now, it won't have anything to come back to. Okay. I think I think Scylla does say one thing. Um, Go for as, it. As Safel is prepared to sling his meteors, he set his piece. I think she just looks at Starcaller Hester and then finally Safel in turn. I have seen one city fall. I would not see another. And she just looks to Savell. Like, she's gonna let you make this call, but... And then Safell says his piece and begins to cast these meteors. And I will say, because of this roleplay moment, the Pudding King with the hand over Dorbo goes, Fine. The city will die then. And he throws Dorbo's body up into the air. And you see all the numerous mouths upon his body just all of a sudden move up and create this massive maw that opens up far too wide, at least 10 feet across. And then Dorbo falls into it and... And you can see the body sink into him and just start to disappear into his form. And you see the Pudding King. Safel, launch your attack. Okay, so this is uh, this is a bonus action to relaunch. If we're still taking this as, as turn. Yep. Uh, so, uh, two deck saves for the Pudding okay. King. 
first one's an eight, so it's a fail. Second okay. one is a natural 15 for 15. Uh, both fail. Okay. So five points of fire damage on the first. Okay. And seven on the second. Five and seven. Okay. They hit the sulfurous yellow smoke, that puff of gas just dissipating off of him. Uh, but it quickly extinguishes. Okay. And then he's going to move his full movement forward. And he is going to... He's going to look to Scylla. He's going to say, if you want to see no more cities fall, then finish him. And he's going to use his last spell slot to cast Enlarge on Scylla. Oh, the oh. last spell slot. Oh, damn. Oh. So we are, we are, okay. We got to clear this up for the listeners. You are now no more spell slots. Just Correct. cantrips in the staff. Correct. Starcaller has one. How many does Hester have? Not that his spells do dick. Uh, he's got a second level and two firsts. Well, you can cast okay. dick. Listen, if you're not going to give him an inspo for that, I will. 100% take it. You guys are... Tonight, tonight the comebacks and the one-liners are just... Yeah, Andrew, take a point of inspiration. Hot damn. <laughs> Listen, man, I got it because I can't cast arm. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Jeez of crow. Uh, wow. That was, was that the entirety of Safel's turn? Yeah, that was his turn. All right. We are at the top of round five with Artemis Starcaller. I know that she's uh, big, but um, I'm like <laughs> really fast, though. Um, Get in there. But I only have one in the smack left. Let me let like... me clarify. He is 10 feet up in the air. Okay. So like mm-hmm. just on the back of the throne, just so you're aware. Okay. But 10 feet above the back of the throne or 10 feet above the surface? 10 feet above the surface. He is like partly coalesced around the backing of the throne. So from like ground to him, it's 10 feet. Um, I am going to run through the acid like an idiot. Okay. So you're going to take a little bit of damage. You take one point of acid damage minimum. Ow. Ow. It burns. Ow. Um, oh, it burns. Ouch. Um, <laughs> and then, like, on, from on top of the throne, um, Starcars, you end here. But I'll give you a chance to bow. Uh, and I'm going to use my bonus action to let out a mighty roar. 
Nice. Oh. Please make a wisdom saving throw to see if you're wisdom afraid. saving throw. Natural 17 for a total of a 20. And yet again, no one has yet to be affected by the dodging rule. You <laughs> one of these days. Listen, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to start fights. All I'm saying is nobody batted an eye when the Pudding King said that Starcaller would enslave his friends. Listen. There. <laughs> you roar you roar at him and his mouth once again coalesce and he just <laughs> roars right back at you. Does he have a tongue? No. No. Damn. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to make an attack. All right. Um, that would be a 26, but my proficiency bonus is no lower. It's a 25, though. But still, I'm salty about the proficiency bonus. <laughs> it is a hit. I am going to keep my last... Um, might you know just in case keep it in my pocket all for right, later all right might need case that that 20 comes around mm -hmm. uh, so that's nine points of radiant damage okay uh and i'll swing again uh that is an 18 to hit that is a hit all right uh, bugger another nine points of radiant damage Okay. Um, but Artemis can take some solace in knowing that at the very least, he stands upon the throne. Well, you hit him twice, and so this acid form is just like flicking back onto you. So for the first hit, you take four points of acid. In the second one, you take another four points of acid damage. Ooh. That actually does hurt quite a bit. <laughs> it, was, it was two max rolls on the d4 there. Uh, yeah. Um, Artemis stands upon the throne, Dawn's edge held high above him. Um, yeah. Oh, and you're standing there, toe to toe. I, I use my bonus action to use Daunting Roar, which did All not right. make him run away. So I am stuck here. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to do it. Legendary action, pseudopod attack. So he's going to take one swing at you. This is probably not going to hit a 16. Does not hit. Okay. So he <clears throat> slashes down at you with this pod. Uh, you duck nimbly out of the way. Hester, it's your turn. Uh, for all the good it'll do, let's see what we can make happen. Uh, hey, remember last turn when I cast Hunter's Mark and then didn't add Hunter's Mark damage? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh, I know. The Ranger's Curse. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I'm over it I'm fucking over it uh, so Hester is going to use all of his movement uh, just still moving on up uh, and he's going to make those two sweet sweet meteorite hammer attacks okay come on do okay on god my freaking GCP die is doing work um 19 to hit on the first attack. That's a hit. Okay. Okay, that is a whole two points of bludgeoning, four points of cold, and one point for the hunter's mark. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, he's like, second... oh god, the hunter's market burns. I, I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe uh, you've done this. Second attack. That is a natural 20. Oh. Uh, All right. It's not, it's not going to go great. Roll them D4s. So. <laughs> oh, but the hunter's mark. Okay. So, hold on. Okay. So it is uh, five points of blood. Ah, oh, shit. Where do I do? Hold on. Math is not working with my no. brain right now. No. The curse of the math. So, so nine, nine points of bludgeoning. Okay. Uh, seven points of cold. Okay. Eight points for Hunter's Mark. Alright. Alright. He's hurting. And then bonus action. You activated my motherfucking trap card. <gasps> spiritual uh, weapon, no! He's gonna move the spiritual <laughs> weapon up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! A uh, yeah, so he's going to uh, use his spiritual weapon. Please, sir, not another hammer. I cannot take it. that's just the attack roll. Yes, it is. If you can believe it, that's another natural 20. Fuck off. <laughs> I can uh, send it to you. No, it's... I believe you. Okay. Ugh. All right. So, this is... So, 8 plus your D8. 8 plus the D8 plus my spell casting. Uh, so, 11. I need a crit. Give me my crit. Uh, 17 points of force damage. Okay. Damn. Whoa, two massive blows, and you can see his, see his form, like, reeling back and forth. Still up, huh? Still up. Okay. Uh, alright. That is your turn, correct? Wait. Jeez. What? What? You got movement? No. Before I forget and the turn passes, I think Hunter's Mark applies to that last hit. What? Ugh. Yes. Yeah, all it right. does. So Roll your D6. But it was a crit. No. So, yes. No. Yes. On the. All right. On the hunter's mark. All right. I, I applied it to the first one, so that's another nine points of damage for the hunter's mark. Okay. Uh, what does hunter's mark do for damage? Is it just more of the regular uh, of like whatever you're doing with the thing that's hitting? Yeah, it just says you deal an extra D6 of damage to the target whenever you hit it with a weapon. So I imagine it's like whatever the physical or whatever the damage type is in that case. Alright. Okay, okay, now I'm done. Alright, good. Jesus. Well, now I'm done. <laughs> well, now it's the lair turn. And he is going to drop some green slime on a sila. Make a dexterity saving throw. I will gladly do so. 
And fail, four. Yes, you are going to take six points of acid damage as this slime just falls down upon you. Uh, you can see it all up there, once again, moving, trying to coalesce over all of you before dropping down. Uh, all right, Scylla, you're up. Uh, do my, nothing changes except for I get another 1d4. I don't get like extended reach or anything. Uh, I don't believe so. Check that. The target's size doubles in all dimensions. Its weight is multiplied. Uh, the target has advantage on strength saves and strength checks. Yeah, you deal an extra D4. So yeah, no extra reach in there. Yeah, so I can get... I'm gonna go my full 30 feet. I am gonna have to go into the slime. Okay. So as you enter the slime, you take one point of acid damage. Okay. Oh, holy great. Uh, and then I'm going to use my short sword again because I can't quite reach in melee, and I'm going to throw it in an attempt to pierce the Pudding King. Uh, okay. 11? That's a mess. <laughs> I will bonus action mess. recall the short sword and throw once more. Okay. Uh, 16. That is just a hit. Oh, good. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Let's, Two uh, giant whiffs. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be... Thirteen. Thirteen points of damage. Ouch. Uh, yeah, I don't have a bonus action to call my sword, so that's my two attacks. Okay. He is like reeling back and he sinks two of his hands down uh, and I'm going to start off because it's technically the end of your turn and use a legendary action and he looks at you Scylla once again make it ex uh, an intelligence saving throw Whoa. 10 I would like you to roll that again use my inspiration Woo! Uh, Good yeah. uses, good uses, everybody. Be, yeah, be the one of yet. us that makes <laughs> yeah. that worthwhile. Somebody has to pass on an inspo. It Nine. won't be today. <laughs> it won't be today. It's not today, friends. It's, it's not today. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. If this has taught us anything, be a hoarder and a power gamer. Don't help anybody. <laughs> Don't help anybody. <laughs> you do not help your friends. With you, you dirty thief. Not only have you stolen riches from others, you've used your power and influence to gain status. You are just as bad as Torbo. And then he looks at you two, Scylla and Artemis. Neither of you shall see your dreams come to fruition. Die a painful, miserable death. 
and then he like bubbles back in on himself and then that giant maw forms again and he ejects slime over the two of you I need you both <laughs> this is probably going to be a-okay for the two of you but I need you to make the constitution saving throws right now Yeah, I'm too far away for Hester. Oh, Hester, you see this come up within five feet of you, just this wave of horrific black bile um, before it splashes down towards your feet. Scylla, what'd you get? Twelve. Fail. Artemis. Twenty-three. You're going to take half damage. Okay. And this is the one with the thing, or not? This is the one with the thing. This is a this is a totally <laughs> this, different ability. Okay, just checking that this isn't where you potentially lose arms. No, 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 no. This is bad. This is just otherwise bad. Oh, because the, the arm one, wasn't. The, one was bad, yeah. the, the arm was chill. <laughs> the arm was like real chill. So what happens in this one? You first take nineteen points of necrotic damage. Oh shit as this acid immediately starts sinking into you. Now, Scylla, you're wearing magic armor, correct? I am. I need you to roll me a flat d20. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no! I got the number you don't want. (laughs) You got a one? A one? I got a nat one. Oh no. This is, I'll be honest, we're going to find out what happens with Andrew here before I explain anything else here because this is kind of like my Hail Mary trump card right now. Oh shit. Artemis, what'd you get? uh, You you took half, but I need you to roll a d20 as well because while you're not wearing magical armor per se, you are wearing a magical robe. I'm wearing both a magical robe and magical armor, my guy. Oh, then roll both. It doesn't affect magical weapons at all, because we all got that shit. That's true, actually. Get your hands off my Don's heads, Brendan! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if he's so going to go death throws. First the robe. What'd you get for the robe? Seven. Fail. Uh, Your armor? Eight. Okay. The rarity of your robe. What is it? Um, I'll pull it up right quick. It is a very rare item. Okay. It only takes one point of damage out of five that it could take before it is destroyed. What level rarity is your armor? Uh, also very rare. It's plus two. Okay. Only takes one. Sam... What level or what rarity is your armor? What's green? Uncommon. It's uncommon? Yeah. Adamantine, while great, is not all that special. It's destroyed. It (laughs) immediately fizzles and breaks off of your body. I just got that. I know you did. I know you did. I know. 
Dawn's Edge, legendary weapon, unaffected. Caliber that you hold, Scylla, legendary, unaffected. Your short sword, plus one. Plus two. Plus two. Blue. Blue. Make a flat d20. Oh no. I rolled another one. It has five hit points. It now only has three left. But it's not outright destroyed, but you can see pitting upon it. Um, I don't believe there's any other... Oh, you're... I have all sorts of magic shit. Yeah. I, I'm just counting your wearables at the moment, yeah, not like everything in your little bags. Uh, that's a, a, <laughs> se- a seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, what rarity is it? Fuck. Uh, those are uncommon. Destroyed. Adios. Sam, are you wearing any footwear or gloves? I sure am. I have um, my cloak of the mountain bank. What level? I think that's rare or very rare. Okay. Uh, roll a d10 or a d20. Five. Okay. Two points of damage out of five. I'm I'm giving you these numbers because this effect or ability does have a recharge, and if you do not kill him and he gets a recharge, we could be going through this again. I also have my title chains. I believe those are rare as well. So d20. Yeah, it'd be the short sword. 17, thank Christ. All set. Not affected. Uh, I also have, um, I think they're gone now. Are these gloves? Uh, yeah, I have gloves with missile snaring. Are they uncommon? Yeah. They're gone. I never even used them! <laughs> uh, well, then you won't miss them. <laughs> God, fuck. <laughs> So these items start vanishing from off your body. Your magical armor begins getting pitted. And as the Pudding King reforms, he's... (laughs) Jubilexus truly blessed me. None shall stand before us. And then he's going to move. disappear into the ground and he's going to reappear not too far away he appears at the edge of this large pool of the throne moving 45 feet to the northwest and he is he like turns and looks at you all I will want you in every aspect of your life into the dark corners of your mind. The faceless lord will consume all. That's the end of his turn. Safel, you're up. Okay. So, action. Action. Make an intelligence saving throw. Ooh. 
taste of his own medicine. 19. Okay. So he succeeds. And it's a cantrip, so nothing fucking happens. Uh, so he is going to just launch the last two of the meteors. So two more deck saves, please. All right. Haven't been historically great. First one's a 16. Uh, that just fails. And, ooh, second one's a 19. Okay, that succeeds, so he's going to take half there. So first one, he takes full damage, uh, well, aside from other things, uh, nine <laughs> points of fire on the first. Ooh, nice, good hit. Ooh, that was a better hit, uh, although that's halved. So 11 points, half to five for the second. Okay. He is losing form very rapidly. There's not quite so, so many mouths, not quite so many eyes, and he's starting to look more human-like. More the tendrils are starting to form back into his body, looking more like legs, his arms becoming smaller, more diminutive, his head kind of regaining shape. And is that the end of Safel's turn? It is. Okay. He is going to use a legendary action. And he's going to look at you, Safel. And I know this might not work, but I want it to. Make an intelligence saving throw. This is a special ability. It's not magic. Nothing else. Okay. You're willing to take this gambit. I I am. I am. Okay. Wants it bad. So so I have a plus nine to intelligence saves <sighs> with Safel. It's still possible you fail. It what is. Possible? It is possible. Yeah. What's the What's the DC? Can we know? Sixteen. Okay. So, so I need to roll a seven or better. Seven or lower. <laughs> I'm only crossing my fingers for story element. I want you to fail for story element. Thirteen. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh. I rolled I a it for natural the story because I rolled oh, a I natural you were four. you got a thirteen altogether. You're saying you failed. No, I rolled a natural four. Jeez. So you take a minus one to your proficiency bonus. Okay. And for everybody Hit who me. has this, by the way, this lasts until you take a short or long rest. Okay. Okay. That proficiency. Hit me, baby. Proficiency minus. You feel that cold, liquid-like seepage into your brain and the pudding king in almost his more plasmoid gnomish form as he's grown quite small here he reaches out into your mind and he like takes this is all flavor takes like a couple steps forward and he starts laughing. <laughs> this horrible, choking, phlegmy laugh and coughing. He goes, You are a tool to them. You are a pawn. And he points back at Scylla 
and Artemis, and even at Hester, he goes, They don't care for you. They don't care for your return. And your Lord Orcus will use you to the bitter end. They care for none. But Jubilex could have you. <laughs> Pawn of a lord. And he kind of like stands there, his arms dripping this fluid, and he's looking up this guy. Into your embrace. Starcaller, it's your turn. Yeah, we're gonna have to put a stop to this, you know. It's just no good. Uh, I, um, yeah, I'm gonna take the fastest false route. I'm gonna beeline towards him, popping right through the acid off the throne, um, making my way through the, the nasty sea of, of, of gunk here. Okay, I gotta keep with mechanics. You take two points of acid damage for running through the pool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and now I'm gonna go ahead and take a nice big swing at this guy. That's gotta go. A fifteen to hit. Miss. Alright, and I'll try again. No way. Is it a nat 20? <laughs> oh my god! Yes, it is. <laughs> Love no, seeing that skull, baby! I want All a screen right. cap of that nightmare of a face. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's gonna haunt my dreams. Good. Good. Um, Alright, so... So, on the dice, that is 7, 14, 17. And I think the... Uh, so, 17 plus 32... 49 points of radiant damage. Describe your kill. Whoa, let's go! Uh, Artemis just jumps off the front, runs right through the acid, and aiming towards this creature who has been uh, just drilling into our minds and pulling out secrets that might be better off left buried. Um, and Artemis is going to take one big swing, uh, which he misses, but then he falls through and kind of like tucks Dawn Edge behind him and splits um, our Jubilex empowered friend here uh, and then twists her blade around inside so the light shines out from within. He just like is shattered outwards. Let's go! As you cleave through, and before he shatters, he, like, falls forward, and you can see he looks far more like his original self, but still in this ooze-like shape. Now his eyes are yellow and monstrous, and he's still got, like, the sharp fanged mouth, and he goes, I might be gone, but you will never forget me. Broken. 
just gone. And here you all stand, covered in acid, burnt, items destroyed, but the foe fell. What happens now in this room, in this moment? It's the Spider-Man meme. We're all like, <laughs> 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 guns pulled on each it, other. Is that really what Scylla thinks? She's just like, oh shit, fuck these guys? Like, what the Scylla hell? Scylla is like, who is Starcaller? And she's like, I trust Sapel even less than when I talked to him eight hours ago or however like an hour I don't even know we can still we can still save the city we can still move Hester like his arm is just so weak he drops the hammer on the ground next to him with what I got nothing if if that didn't do it, I start calling. I got nothing. I need. I need to trust Senny. That she did her part. We have to know. We have to. It can't have been for nothing. Not this time. Isn't this what you fucking wanted? A demon prince is dead. Revel in it and fuck off like you wanted to. We'll help you when we can. You still don't understand. Is this just an avatar? A shattered piece of a greater whole? We have not yet begun to fight! (laughs) And if you think you have given enough, you are sadly mistaken. How many people are going to give everything for you? Sounds like you don't give a fuck about that answer. What if I give more? What if Stone gave more? When would you be happy? I will be happy when the fight is won. That's a tyrant's answer and you know it. Stalkar, like, turns to you and, like, flicks back the robe of stars. Um, and you see along his belt are seven broken swords. Um, one of which you've seen him, like, wield as a dagger. Hmm. A tyrant. Oh. (laughs) I am a liberator. I am here to save this world without me you be torn apart by these people these monsters these demons you need me you always have you just didn't know what freedom could feel like I think as he says that, Scylla is going to step in between them uh, in a defensive 
position in front of Hester facing Starcaller, and she will draw Caliburn. We do not have time or energy to fight amongst each other. I agree with Starcaller that we should head in to check on where the oozes were forming. The Pudding King mentioned a mass gathering. We must head there now. And then she will wait for Starcaller to go first. <laughs> mm. uh, he takes a step back uh, and as he turns, you see this, like a smile start uh, to crease his face. Uh, and just to himself in a voice so low you can't hear it. Even now they know they need me. <laughs> What's going through Safel's head right now? Does Safel say anything? What's he what's does he say? Does he think anything? Because we've heard from the others and <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Safel. this role player. Safel for a very, very rare instance is spiraling in his emotional thoughts. The the Pudding King picked at the one thing. There were, there were a number of them that he could have reached to, but he picked to the one thing that Safel can't logic his way out of because it is it's entirely based in logic. He like he has feared the entire time of the reactions of his friends and the thoughts of his friends and the mistrust of everybody that he's traveled with since being down here. He he knows that it would take one wrong step that he didn't even have control of and it's already started for him to be removed and replaced with someone more useful because it's what he would have done. And the Pudding King picked at that. And he can't. He's just stuck in that spiral. He's not even paying attention to the others. He thought coming back, he thought he found his resolve. He thought he had sort of toppled this barrier with Sekarak before coming back. And he's spiraling again. As... Starcaller starts to walk away from this short encounter with Hester and Scylla stepping in and Zephel now reeling within his own thoughts. You all hear a shifting in of like stone and rubble to the north. And finally you hear like the collapsing of rock and coming from that now collapsed blockade of stone you see a very familiar ghost that of Burrow Warden Jagger and you see that he is accompanied by three 
smaller elementals that we would know as Galeb Dur. And he is just in awe at seeing you all here. But as he floats closer, he goes, oh, My dear friends, you, you've done it. You have, you have killed the enemy that assails us. While we have not been rid of all the oozes and some other lives have been lost, they lose form and control and seem more akin to what we are accustomed to, mindless forms. Thank you, and oh, clearly, and he waves like a ghostly hand in Hester's direction, it has cost you much. I'm sorry. I would have lost both. I I do not possess um, the means to heal you in my form, but others within the maze could assist you. I I am merely here to help escort you back, those of you that might be injured or incapable of walking yourselves. But uh, while we received many of those we thought passed in the early stages of the battle with your friend, uh, I have been asked to inquire upon one individual. Have you found Dorbo Digomatic? Artemis looks over towards Safel. He <clears throat> perished. He was a brave sacrifice in exchange for the rest of you. Uh, I see. Perhaps... Perhaps that will bring some peace to Semi, but uh, perhaps let's think about its delivery when we meet with her. Uh, gather what you need and you may rest upon the Gale Dur. They will carry you back should you wish. Uh, before we vacate the chamber, Will, it, um, now that it seems that there's not a time press, is there anything of value here? Is there anything material? Um, uh, you can all make a quick perception or investigation check, should you wish. I mean, I'll, I'll take a look. Take a look. 13. 13? Okay. 16. 16? Hester and Cephal? Uh 17 for Cephal. Hester's not interested. Oh, okay. Oh, what? Oh, what? Uh, Scylla, you notice, and you all kind of see this, that much of the pools of, like, acid and slime all about the room, while they were once, like, bubbling and kind of roiling and seemed alive, are becoming very still and even seem to be kind of slowly 
dissipating. And you see a lot of these tendrils that kind of link off of the throne to different parts of this cavernous space. You see some of them beginning to kind of snap and slowly crumble in like a spider web. And Scylla, you spot on the bottom left of the throne a small chest. Within it, you find 170 silver pieces. You find 70 gold pieces. And you find um, essentially what's like a tin type. You know what I mean? Like a tin type photo uh, mm-hmm. from way back in the day. Um, you see like a version of that, like an old magically etched picture of a very young, deep gnome boy with two older uh, figures standing behind them and a slightly older than this male figure uh, who looks similar to the Pudding King. Uh, You see another figure, um, male, female, you're not entirely sure, but you turn it over and you see on the back is engraved the Stoneshine family. Uh, Scylla pockets the uh, etching. Okay. And so you find in that small chest. Uh, Hester finds another small chest. Within uh, which... Hester was not looking. Safel was. Oh, Hester was not I thought it was Safel that wasn't no, interested. No, Safel got the seventeen. Hester was not interested. He wants to see the state of this. Uh, the people. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you find a number of gemstones littered about the throne. In fact, you find twelve of them, all of which are worth fifty gold piece each. You also find a small pearl, and you would know this to be a pearl of power. Nice. Artemis, where the Pudding King fell in his secondary form, you see laying within the now kind of slowly dissipating acid is what looks like a torn cloak dark black or blue got like these purplish hues but it as the acid the rest of the greenish acid pulls away it becomes more clear that this is this almost liquidly rippling shroud of sorts what do you do um Seeing, uh, you know, surprised he's something that is uh, resisting the corrosion of the acid. Um, Starcaller will will reach down and, and grab it and pull it out. You pull it out and you see that it is a hooded cape or cloak that could be wrapped around you, but it's got all these tears and holes, and the bottoms of it are these long lengths of shredded uh, shredded cloth. 
that look like tails almost. And the entirety of the cloak, while looking at it, gives you this unsettling feeling as it seems to move very slowly like waves mm. on water. Interesting. It's, even to your your touch, it feels cold. And while you pull your hands away, they're not wet. But it's just like... It's almost got like that texture of like jello, almost. Mm. Mm, a mantle fit, fit for pudding king. And that's all you find here. Now that you uh. have these belongings, do you... Do you linger here, or do you return to the city? What do you guys want to do? Hester will lead the walk out, or kind of regardless if people are coming or not, he'll, he'll accompany. Yeah. Ar Artemis will follow. He's, he's keen to see all that they have saved this day. Sure. Yeah, uh, Scylla's bringing up the rear. Do you guys, do any of you, like, ride upon the backs of the Galeb door, or do you all kind of walk out, tending to your own wounds? Yeah, I think Scylla would walk out. I think that, yeah. Yeah, both or, Hester and Zephyl. Or this would ride. Okay. It feels, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that everybody, as you're, you're exiting, being led by the ghost of... Burl Warden, Warden Jagger, that the party's very quiet. Everybody seems to be very sunk in on themselves. And I'm curious, as you're making this trek back to the city, what, what plagued you all, your characters here in these moments the most like what what's occurred here what do you what are they they thinking what's the thought process in this these now moments of quiet before you greet all the survivors you know because this was a tough battle i mean i you while you've been hurt physically in many ways the pudding king attacked you all emotionally and um, revealed certain things. So I'm curious what like the party's going through right now. I feel like um, Artemis riding upon his Gilder, um has something of the bearing of a um, like a Roman legionnaire returning to the city. Um, he perhaps has never looked cockier. Um, there's still that like that ghost of this like the sh like this like kind of like the um m malicious smirk he had when when talking down to Hester. Um, now that his what perhaps is one of his greatest secrets is revealed, he doesn't have to hide that part of himself anymore. And if nothing else, he knows that each of the people who he travels with also cares with them some, some glimmer of darkness as well. 
Yeah. Scylla? Yeah, Scylla, um, she is ashamed that everyone knows more about that which she would hide from about her past. But it has taken a back burner to the things that she has learned about Starcaller. And even that which she's learned more about Safel. Scylla is thinking that she's back to square one. She met Indigo and Safel, needing to find a group that was powerful enough to take on the forces which had killed her people. And she thought she had found a, a decent group and she lost Sue and then she lost Fell and now he's back, but he's not him. And she had Starcaller, but Starcaller, even what she wants aside her to save people. Will he save people? Um, and so I think she's, uh, there, a while back when she first met Safel and Indigo, she would do this thing where she put her palm on everyone's forehead when it was like a bonding thing. She has not done that to Starcaller. Mm. Ever. And I'm not saying I knew. <laughs> but there was, you know, and she certainly hasn't done it ever since Safel was gone. So I just feel like she's she's like catching herself on this like I cannot trust easily. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the gnome and the squid? <laughs> <laughs> uh Hester Hester is not surprised necessarily at the party reveals, nor has he had a whole lot of time for them to emotionally shake him in any significant way. Um, honestly, more than anything, after that, like... His takeaway is, oh, I thought that these might be good people who genuinely wanted to do good but maybe this was a chapter that I'm done with. Mm. Maybe they were just a means to an end. And I need... Like, this is done. Safel is... um, Safel is hurt that it's always sort of seemed... He's known for a while that ev- all of us had darkness. It was sort of the the thing, it was like the the glue that binded them was we're all kind of monsters. And he mm-hmm. thought, like he remembers Scylla and him standing in front of the people of Dimcairn, condemning them for their judgment because of what they were regardless of what they were, because they were genuinely trying to do good despite what they were. And he he can't help but ask 
why every time the cards are on the table he is not given that kindness from the people he is closest to not even asked what's going on or what happened and it and it's only enforcing that i'm a tool and if i'm a danger i shouldn't be here which is the whole reason that he ran was he was afraid that he was going to be too much of a danger for his friends to keep him around. Hmm. So he's sort of scared for how the next couple of days go. You're all within these thoughts as you traverse back through the various caverns and tunnels of Stone until you all find yourselves reaching the the gates of the maze and as you are allowed in you are greeted by somber faced gnomish guards and um you can see farther in as the doors open where perhaps artemis expects lavish fanfare um only a number of people turn to you all and a couple people clap a good number of people turn and stand get up from where they sit you see far more of them are injured and battered now but they are silent and you see from amongst this crowd coming forward is Seni. And you see Nomi beside her, and you see a pretty injured Chip Grin, but he's grinning all the same at you all, uh, behind on the other side. And Senny looks over the group of you, and you see her face fall a little bit, and she quickly composes herself. Um, and as you all walk forward... More of the townspeople now come forward and are like reaching out hands towards you and this in this silence. And then you just start hearing these small murmurings of thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's just all around outstretching of arms, just trying to get a touch. And it grows louder until people do end up cheering for you. And you arrive in front of Seni and the the other kind of de facto leaders here. And they come up and they begin shaking your hands and thanking you and even embracing some of you in hugs that would allow it. Before there is a wave from Seni that kind of quiets everybody and goes, Because of our friends, our heroes here, we find our city while not safe, but safer. The true threat, the true enemy, now gone. And while we have all fought and lost quite bravely, there is still much work to be done. However, that can wait for tomorrow or the next day, as we gather here in rest 
and in joy and in celebration of what we've accomplished, what our heroes have accomplished. We thank you all, truly, and tonight we will feast and we will joy and we will gather what we what we can of our supplies left to make this a lavish banquet if you will have it and she looks to the group of you Hester will pipe up I think um, I think we've earned a little bit of happiness Artemis like lets out a roar and um, like holds up Dawn's edge and ignites her. Um, to create kind of like a, an effect of like a, a a star shining, even in these depths. Scylla does a um, a nod and like a a small smile, but her heart's not in it. Mm. And everybody kind of cheers at that you know your your acceptance everybody's thrilled by Starcaller's big show there and Senny then quietly addresses the the four of you and says um we have a, a rather large lodging space um should you well well it's the best we can do it's more of a communal space but we can allow you all some privacy within it if um you can uh, there's there's um, smaller spaces, but it's more individual. I don't know if you have anything you care to discuss or do before we feast. It will take us some time to gather what we can from the from the ruins of the city before this evening. I require a rest alone, but I will join the festivities later. I, um... Separately alone would also. <laughs> I'll take a rest. Ah. Uh, Starcaller? I'm. I've been helping any way I can, and I. do not require a rest or any alone time at the moment. Uh, Hester would also speak to Senny and volunteer to help in any sort of setup. Um, he's sort of... His goal is to make sure people enjoy the next day or couple of days or whatever. He, he basically is going to help until his body doesn't allow him. Sure. What a scene I have in my head here as I see... I, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong here in this depiction uh, at all, but this is just like out of the role play what I hear here. I picture Scylla just like point me in the direction and you march off through the crowd to find a space and you lock yourself into a small room uh, of sorts. What does Scylla do when she's alone in that space? finally alone and it's quiet other than the murmurings that you can hear outside uh, a little distance away yeah Scylla when she's alone I think there's certainly the 
um, repairing anything that needs it. And, you know, it's very like keeping herself busy. Um, and then she, I believe she has, um, uh, yeah, she has in her bag of holding, um, items that were given to her by Sue and Indigo. Huh. And I think she pulls those out and she lays them on the bed and it is, it is silence and it is like meditation around what happens next. Um, mm. Because those two people were good. And so she's, she's like, I want to be good. And that's, so that's, that's, uh, yeah. I love it. Hester, you are just trying to throw yourself into whatever immediate aid you can. And Nomi actually comes up to you and she's, you know, I, I picture it's almost like the silent scene of her arguing with you of like, we have to treat your arm like, like you're not okay. What are you doing trying to move boxes right now? And he wants probably back and forth. Yeah. Um, do you think he eventually relents to to seek some aid or does he just push off and to some corner where he can do some kind of work on his own i i mean i think it's basically like once he is sure that everything is is set and he's helped all he can and i'm sure i mean he's exhausted he has so little left um, and he's been sort of ignoring the pain. I think he allows them to sort of do enough of a job to like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, he, he will eventually, um, acquiesce to care. Sure. So you eventually are kind of taken off by Nomi and... The, some are just like, well, we've got to bandage it. Some people are like, well, does anybody have a means of helping like regrow his <laughs> arm or something? And you see like there's various people of the Stoneheart Enclave like arguing with each other and some are just like, I'm too damn tired to cast a spell. I, can, I don't have that means. And <laughs> and they're arguing over you and but Nomi is there and she's very diligently just like trying to clean and take care of you. Safel requested the private room as well. So you, he goes and finds a space. What happens then, if anything, that you would care to tell us about? So Safel, um, Safel does something he hasn't done in a while. And he, he sits and sort of, takes his things out and sort of that like OCD meticulousness just like lays his things in front of him, meditates on them thinks of his time away and how how different he actually is now from from the Cephal who fell from the bridge and I think he
he's just sort of thinking about how complicated things have gotten more and more over time. Like it was, it was so simple when it was Indigo and Lara and let's just get the fuck back to the surface. And each new place and each new person has added complexity to it. And he didn't care about people at that point. It was a goal. And then he started caring about people and now he's you know, this whole emotional mess. So I think he just sort of rattles through all of that. And at the end of whatever train he goes through, I think, I imagine he's in sort of this like private chamber. I can't imagine it's any form of luxury if there's like a wash basin somewhere on like a far side of the room. I think he goes to it and he fills it. And he heats the water just for shits. And he just looks at it and thinks of how naive and friendly and comforting Scylla was when they met. And he just looks at the wash basin and he says, I did miss you. And he just goes and rests. And Artemis, you were in this crowd. You put on this big show. And the the crowd, the people are just eating it up. They're loving it. And they're like, I imagine there's people like jumping and cheering around your feet as you're probably even standing atop the Gale of Durr presenting Dawn's Edge. What happens in these moments now for you? Uh, I like Artemis will do some like stuff to help set up for the feast, but most of it is kind of like um, rallying the people um, to make sure. And, and in his mind, it's very important that they see this and feel this to be a, truly a victory. Um, so he's, he's putting on all the trappings of a victory. You know, they're, um, once, once they get the ale out, he's making toasts and trying to rally people, um, so that the kind of like, cause they, this, this city barely survived this onslaught and he knows that and all of them know that. Um, but he, he is attempting to make sure they they truly like feel this victory in their bones. Um, and if he has a, a, a quiet moment um, to himself, uh, he'll pull out Dawn's Edge um, and, and speak to her. Um, we did we did very good work today. He was prepared for us, but still our light shone brightest. That it did. We struck the final blow. We took a formidable servant of a demon lord and sent them 
to the abyss. That is certainly not something to look upon lightly, but our companions seem rather hurt, Artemis. While I can understand this fervor, this desire, this drive within you, our, our friends, they are not tools, as I might be, and though I know you do not see me in perhaps quite that way, it is what I am. They have also given much, and I, I hope that while we celebrate and we tend to our wounds, that we don't forget how we came here and why we still stand here. I was once a tool of a great civilization and people, and it was within their own hubris that evil crept in and destroyed them. I would not have that happen to all of you. Those that found me in a dark crypt only to see me shine once again, I would I would have you all shrine. Artemis nods at that and takes a deep breath, kind of tempering his own zeal, as it were. You're right. I will speak to them. But in their bones, they must know that this is no ordinary fight that we fight. It is not enough to be the blade that ends a life. We must be the fear that keeps these demons curled in the abyss for an age to come. I think they may have the metal for it. But we all will need forging yet. Let us hope we can all survive that. And that's where we'll end tonight. there hi there howdy and hello this is sam hopping in to get everyone excited about end of year madness table shenanigans we of course have our weekly episode drops those won't be stopping anytime soon but we also are going to be recording some bonus actions in the coming weeks if you have questions for any of the squad about the kingdom of ember arc which was episodes 52 to 68 you can send those to the madness table at gmail.com you can dm us on any of our social or you can hop on over to our discord all links can be found at link tree.com slash the madness table thank you all for being here to celebrate our 100 episodes we also recently hit 10,000 downloads so we're really loving the growth and the support from all of our maddie maddies happy holidays everybody stay sane out there
the madness continues.